1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise. You know, I don't think there is anything more important than protecting a child. If you agree, stay tuned because today we're going to be talking about protect your children. It's later than you think. So welcome to MoneyWise, brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. You can reach us by calling us at 508-998-8858. And our goal is very simple. It's we want to show you how you can protect your family and protect your money. That's our mantra. That's our mission. That's what motivates us. But today we're going to go a little bit differently. We're going to be talking about protecting your children. There's some really interesting things on the news lately to talk about, including, unusually, I wouldn't have thought this, ID theft, identity theft against children is a really serious and growing problem. We're going to talk about that today. And here this morning to help me are Peter Lance. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And uh, Peter, it's always a pleasure to have you on the radio show and to have a good look at your shining smiling face thank you very much <laughs> you see it almost every day you didn't know where i was going with that did <laughs> no you? i did not <laughs> and also next to me um is the uh, shining joy of my life attorney tenny lance good morning tenny good morning the whole family is here so i've said nice things so you can take over the show the rest of you and <laughs> you can do all the rest of it today well you're not only a shining joy mom you're also a saint for living with him for so long no no no, no. <laughs> we we will not get personal on the show today but we do want to talk about children because i really and truly believe that there is nothing more important than protecting children they need our protection they want our advice uh sometimes now peter um you have how many children? Three children. Three children. We wanted four. And how many teenagers do you have right now? Uh, just the one. I was going to say the other one is going on to be a teenager and starting to act like it, but he's really not. He's a really good kid and doesn't act at all like a teenager yet. Well, they're all good kids. But I have to give you my first quotation today from a guy named Doug Larson. Few things are more satisfying than seeing your children have teenagers of their own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's very true. You get it now, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> Peter, you were no uh, pride and joy when you were a teenager. Just remember the things that you did when you were his age. Well, I'm really hoping that my middle child is, he breaks the mold and is not the middle child syndrome because he right now he's the best one of my three. No, they're <laughs> all they're all terrific. <laughs> Don't, don't ever say that. They're all too <laughs> never gives us any grief. The 15-year-old wants nothing to do with us and thinks we're dumb and know nothing. Well, that's called being <laughs> and, a teenager. And, and, and he will feel that way until he's about 20 or 21. That's right. And then he'll know that, gee, you're smart after all. The only good thing I will say is that every time he goes with anybody else, everybody says what a great kid he is and so respectful and so kind and so nice. Absolutely. When I babysat last week, when you folks were up in Boston, Nate was wonderful. He um, helped me get supper on. He got milk for your younger daughter, and he was just terrific. Well, those are the things I like to hear. I wish you would do it around us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's an old expression that children don't always listen to you, 
but they watch every single thing that you do. So just remember that when you're being a model. But I have to give you one more quotation before we jump into our really serious topic today. Uh, Comedian Martin Mull, have you ever seen him before or heard of him? No. Interesting guy. Having children is like having a bowling alley installed in your brain. (laughs) Yeah, I can relate to that one. Think about that one. Once in a while we'll go to somebody else's house and, you know, They'll have one kid, and that one kid is making just a tiny bit of noise. And, oh, I'm so sorry for all the noise. And I'm thinking, what noise? I didn't even notice it. I wasn't even <laughs> registering. <laughs> well, we wouldn't want to be without them. So nope. um, enjoy, enjoy the time that you have. But we have a really serious topic to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, protecting your children, what happens if you don't have proper documents in place and one parent dies. Uh, Tenny, I know you've got a case in your office right now involving that situation where young children uh, are having to go through a probate court and have somebody appointed a guardian for them. We'll come back to that in just a moment. But I want to start this morning by talking about protecting your children from ID theft. And we've done a show in the past about ID theft. We've heard stories about credit card companies and department stores where people's identities are compromised, credit cards are compromised, and it's a serious thing. We don't usually think about this in the context of children. It's a far more serious problem with children. So here's what happens. Um, Children are often a more favorable target for people who steal identities because they have clean reports and because parents rarely check up on their children's credit report, for example. And it's a serious problem when kids get to be a little bit older Maybe they apply for a credit card. Maybe they apply for college, and the college does a background check on the child. Maybe they apply for a job, um, but they don't expect it, and children don't expect to have identities stolen. Well, this is one of those uh, circumstances where when doing research for a show, you know, you come across something that you didn't know or I didn't know, and I did not know that this was such a problem and that there's things that you can do about it. Uh, and online, uh, an adult's um, identification, you know, their Social Security, their date of birth, whatever, um, is uh, sold at about $5 per person. Sounds right. kind of low, um, but sold for about five, $5 a person. But a child's personal information is much more valuable and goes for 10 to 20 times that much. So you're talking, you know, 500 to to $1,000 for your child's identity be, to be stolen. Right. And what a mess it would to be, be to sold. clean up. So here's here's what the issue is. Um, Typically, a child doesn't have to worry about this until they get a Social Security card. So I wonder how many people today might have young children or young grandchildren who have a Social Security card. Or what happens if you travel out of the country and you get a passport for a child? I don't even recall how we got uh, Social Security cards for our children, but all three of them have them. I think that they're issued right away. I don't think you have to apply for it. I'm not sure. No, you have to apply for it. You have to apply. I remember our daughter being out in California when her son was born, and one of the things that uh, I was out there helping her out, one of the first things we did was to go to the community office, I don't remember the city or county or state or federal or whatever, and get a social security number for her son. It was an amazing thing to me. We never did that when our kids were little. Well, in just a minute, we're going to talk about what you can do specifically to protect a child from having their identity stolen. But let me just say that if you travel out of the country and you get a passport, then 
you're going to have another piece of identification that's going to be out there for somebody to steal. And usually or often that's tied into a Social Security card. So it's fairly common. Most everybody thinks, well, you know, maybe I want to apply for a local school or a private college or something of that nature. But children typically are major targets for ID theft. Their identities are much more valuable because they can be used maliciously and improperly for years and years and years without the child ever knowing that their identity has been stolen. And so here's what happens. When they finally get to apply for a credit card themselves or take out a school loan, for example, um, apply for public assistance, apply for student loans, for college, um, all of a sudden it pops up that they've got bad credit. And that's a serious problem. And guess what? It can take years and years to unscramble and get it straightened out. So it's a serious problem. We're going to tell you how to uh, find out if your child has been a victim of identity theft. And more importantly, we're going to talk to you about some things that you could do to prevent identity theft. And typically it's called freezing the credit. All right, so it's fine to apply for a Social Security card, and you might need it for various purposes, but you can also go into the major credit reporting bureaus, and you can freeze credit for somebody, including for a child. So that's what they recommend doing, yes. uh, and that's something that I'm definitely doing today um, is freezing the credit. First, you have to go on and claim the Social Security number as your child's, and then once that's done, then you can freeze it. Well, in 2011, which isn't too long ago, the uh, federal government made, made a change in how they assign Social Security numbers to babies and immigrants, and ironically, what it did is it made it much easier to steal Social Security numbers without being discovered. So last year, for example, it was estimated by the Federal Trade Commission that uh, they got 14,000 complaints involving identity theft, which targeted people who were 19 years of age and younger. So it's bad enough that parents have to worry about helping their child apply for college, uh, school, uh, even vocational school perhaps and then applying for financial aid, and then all of a sudden discover that they've got a, an ID theft problem. And many of the people who are listening today may be of our generation, older generation, but their kids need to be worried about grandchildren uh, because in our day and age, there was no concern about this, really. It's amazing that it's come into play so much. Well, here's, here's what the problem is in our country. When you apply for credit the very first time under a Social Security number, our credit reporting system assumes that that's a valid ID and a valid person for the very first person that applies. So if a Social Security number has been stolen and compromised, for example, and then the thief who takes the number applies for a loan or something of that nature, um, then the credit reporting bureau makes the assumption that that person is the valid holder of that ID number. So we have three major credit reporting bureaus in this country, Experian, Equifax, TransUnion, and you need to find out um, more information about how you can freeze credit. You can go online to any of the major credit reporting bureaus, and they have information on how to freeze the credit. But if you wait until... A child is applying for a college, for example, you may be in for a lot of difficulty and a lot of, a lot of problem. 
So, in general, in the year 2017, it's estimated that more than one million children were victims of identity fraud. There were only 14,000 complaints filed, but it's been estimated that more than a million children in this country were victims of ID fraud. Is there any information about if you find out that somebody is a victim, what can the parent do? Can the parent pursue it? I assume they can. Yes. Yeah, by going on to the three different credit reporting agencies and uh, trying to get it cleared up through them. So we're talking this morning, this is Ray Lance, we're talking with uh, Peter Lance from USA Wealth Group in Lance Family Insurance Agency, and we're also uh, here this morning with Attorney Tenny Lance from Lance Law, Inc. Tenny, um, let's talk for a couple of minutes about, well, let's just wrap up on ID theft. Number one, you can contact our office, and we'll be happy to send you some articles about how to take care of ID theft, how to check and find out if your child has a problem, and then what to do about it and how to freeze your credit. But just recently, just um, about a year ago, um, most states were offering free credit inquiries, and including in the state of Massachusetts, and credit freezes to parents. So there's somewhat now of a uniform process across the country that allows um, your credit to be frozen. So check into that. We'll be happy to send you some information. Tenny, let's talk for a minute about some of the legal things about protecting children. Now, unfortunately, some of the things that we need to do to protect children involve doing proper documents for parents. Isn't that correct? Yes, it's correct. And what is absolutely amazing to me is that almost no one does it. Uh, Very few times do we ever find out that a younger couple who have children have done the documents that are necessary to protect those children if something should happen to the parents. Um, That could be uh, the appointment of a guardian or a conservator, um, a Uh, a way to provide funds for the child. So many parents don't have the time and don't think about ways to protect their children. Let me ask you a question. When you say um, to appoint a guardian, actually it's the court that appoints the guardian, isn't it, if it's necessary? (laughs) But, But you need to nominate a guardian. You need to name somebody in your legal documents of who you'd want to take care of your children. Right. Uh, The the court does the formal appointment, but The only place where you can name a guardian or a conservator for your child is through your will. So to the extent that young couples do not have wills in place because they think, I'm not going to die, then they have no protection for who would be appointed to take care of their children, either the children's body, which is a guardianship, or the children's money, which is a conservatorship. And I know... um Peter, you and I met recently with somebody who had been named on a life insurance policy uh, for the benefit of a couple of uh, young children, a niece and a nephew, I believe it was. Two nieces. And the question is, what should that person do with the money to help protect it and make sure it's invested properly and so forth? And I know... um, a little bit later during that meeting, one of the attorneys came into the office as well, and we discussed it from a legal point of view with them. And I believe the recommendation there was to do a trust for the younger children. 
and have a proper vehicle set up to take care of the young children. But it really begins much more than that, much earlier than that, doesn't it, Tenny? Well, as soon as you have a child, you really should consider getting legal advice and getting in place a will. And also, um, if you're married and you have children, you should think about such things as durable powers of attorney for property and health care documents so that your spouse, if anything should happen to you, can take care of not only themselves but your children. It's very important to have these documents. This would be true for single parents also, wouldn't it? Uh, Almost more important for single parents. Um, On my way over here this morning, I was listening to the radio and heard um, somebody that advertises a lot on WBZ, one of the law firms, and they were talking about this very thing. Make sure you have documents in place to protect your children. Make sure you do a will. Make sure you do a durable power of attorney. Make sure you do health documents, all of those things. So it's fairly common today for uh, people to be in a relationship um, but not be married and then have a child. Um, It's probably as common as people getting married, I suppose, in terms of numbers. And yet, if you have a mother who has custody of a child and something happens to her, maybe the father of the child who's not married to the mother might not be the best person to take care of the child. They would be a natural guardian, I suppose. But you could make arrangements for the financial aspects of that child to be handled by somebody that the mother might choose to name, and it might not necessarily be the father of the child or vice versa. That's correct. Um, Let me describe a situation that occurred in our office And it's a very sad story. Um, A fairly young father died, and he was the uh, named uh, guardian of his children. So the the mother, whoever that was, didn't have any legal rights for the children. So this poor father died, and there were twin daughters. And uh, he had not done any documents. The father had not. So here we are dealing with another member of the family, trying to make sure that these children are properly cared for. And what it required was a filing with the probate court in order to have somebody, in this case I believe it was an uncle, who was identified and appointed as the children's guardian. And then through another court proceeding, The uncle was also designated as the guardian, I'm sorry, as the conservator for those children over their monies. So it took all the time and money and uh, delay and frustration and all that sort of thing to get in place what the father could have done if he had done proper paperwork way back at the beginning when these children were born. So in other words, the mother was probably not a fit mother for some reason. Right. Uh, The father of the children had legal custody through court, and so he was the legal guardian and and had actual physical custody of the children. But then he died, and he hadn't done any documents. Is that what you're saying? That's right. And these children were sort of in limbo about how things were going to be paid for them, uh, who's going to buy them school clothes, for goodness sake? And they, until yeah, and, they, and they shouldn't go back to the mother who was not fit to take care of them in the first place. That's right. 
And so. there's a, a statistic right here, a brand new stat that says an estimated one and a half million U.S. children will lose one or both of their parents by the time that they reach age 15. So there's a lot of kids that are losing their parents, and it's something important that you need to look out for in case something should happen to you. So if you're listening and you have children who have children and those grandchildren are underage, please encourage your children and their spouses to get documents in place to protect those grandchildren. Well, the case that you've just described, Tenny, um, um, I assume that it took a long time for the guardians, the new guardians, to be appointed. Well, it did. Um, and it's expensive. It's a, it, it's expensive, and it's during one of the most difficult times in anyone's life when uh, a parent is lost. It uh, could be that the grandparents would be the person that might logically take care of these children, but they're grieving for their lost child as, as well. So it does. It takes thousands of dollars and a lot of time to go through the probate system. Well, and if anybody would like more information or if you have somebody in your family and you think this is a situation you need to look into, give Attorney Tenny Lance a call at 508-998-8800, and she'd be happy to sit down and talk to you about that, right? It's not a difficult process to get these documents in place. It doesn't mean that because you've done a will that you're going to die right away, and that's what your mother believed, of course, but... Um, it's it's a fairly quick and not terribly expensive process to get these papers signed. Well, the important thing, I think, to remember is that this is not to protect the parent. This is to protect the children. Exactly. And you want to take care of the children. And you, you know, have an obligation to do that. I was well, just thinking. Protect the other spouse and the children, but especially the children, I would think, because that's what's most important. I know of at least a half a dozen cases that I've seen myself in the office where it's not just a parent who's taking care of children, but it's a grandparent who's taking care of children. Right. And often, unfortunately, it means because the parent who had custody now has a, a, a drug or an addiction problem and they're not fit to take care of the children. In some cases, the children have been taken away. So now it's even worse because now you have a grandparent who's taking care of the children. And I wonder if they've done documents. And in many cases, they have actual legal custody through the courts. What happens when the older grandparent passes away? Um, have arrangements been made to make uh, guardianship arrangements for these children? Yes, it, it's, uh, it, it can be very trying and uh, time-consuming and costly to do this after the fact rather than before the fact. Well, in a few minutes we're going to take a break, and we're going to be talking about some life insurance issues right after the break about how inexpensive life insurance can be to take care of children. But there's so many things we need to do to take care of children. We're going to be talking about uh, violence in schools and gun violence. We're going to be talking about... Um, talks to have with your children. Yeah, absolutely. Talks to have with your kids. Kids are, kids are in need of help. Uh, I, I was thinking the other day, Peter, uh, there was an item on TV about um, having uh, pre planned evacuation kind of plans with your children. And I was thinking, gee, you're a volunteer fireman. I wonder if you've sat down with your kids and said, if there's a fire, this is what you're to do. 
I have, and um, very, very careful about making sure that all of our smoke detectors are up to date in terms of the technology as well as having fresh batteries in there. That's a simple thing to do. Uh, twice a year, the time changes, uh, fall and spring. And every time the time changes, folks, that's the time when you want to check out all the batteries in your smoke detectors. Yep, and there's uh, so when the seasons, not when the seasons change, when we set back our clocks or put our clocks forward, those are the times of year that you're supposed to be thinking, okay, smoke detectors. Um, but I'm going to discuss after the break as well uh, just some technology, including um, smart smoke detectors as well as some apps that you can use to help watch and protect your children. Good. Well, John F. Kennedy once said, children are the world's most valuable resource and its best hope for the future. And that's the topic of our show today. Protect your children. It's later than you think. It's not just legal things. It's things around the house. It's teaching them what to do in case of uh, violence in school. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about a lot of other things that you can do as a parent or a grandparent to protect your children. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Money Wise, ladies and gentlemen. We so much appreciate having you with us every Sunday morning. Today we're talking about the very simple topic of protect your children. It's later than you think. You know, there's so many things we need to do. There's obviously legal documents, and we've been talking with Attorney Tenny Lance about some things you need to do legally to make sure your children are taken care of. We're also meeting with uh, Peter Lance this morning. Pete, do you have life insurance on your life? I absolutely do. Why do you have it? Uh, mostly for my children, but also for my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, should anything happen to me, she can pay off the house. She can have money set aside for the kids for college. Um, anyone with children, uh, especially children who are not yet college age yet or not going to go out into the workforce yet, should absolutely have life insurance, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's There's no excuses, no reason not to. And how many people don't, I wonder? Well, I'm going to give some actual personal information about you on the air, Peter. Of course, you know I like to do this anyway. Yeah, it's always fun. So Peter and his wife are just barely, just barely over the age of 40, and they've had life insurance in place, and it's a 20-year term policy. They each have $1 million of insurance protection. It's in a trust so that somebody can manage it for them. If one of them should die, it's going to be there to protect the family, pay the mortgage, put the kids through school. And that $1 million of insurance um, is a lot less expensive than people might realize. It's Well, I'm going to give you numbers. Okay. So here's numbers for um, Peter's wife. For $1 million of life insurance for her, for a 20-year period, it's $760 a year. So what does that work out to on a monthly basis? Somebody divide that by 12. I don't know. About About 60 60 something a month. About 50, 60 dollars a month. Well, if it was 50 dollars, it would be 600. So it's about $60 a month for a million dollars of life insurance coverage. What is it, 767? 760. And Peter's insurance is $1,322 a year because he's male and it costs a little bit more to insure men. I'm a year older and I'm a man. I forgot you're an older guy, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's just slightly over $100 a month to have a million dollars of liability insurance. It's incredibly cheap. And almost anyone can get insured unless you have, you know, a real serious health issue or you're terminally ill. Um, almost anyone, you'd be surprised how many people we have gotten approved with life insurance. Well, give us a couple of examples, Pete, of 
What might it cost to do a $500,000 policy, for example, at certain ages? Well, for a, a term, you're talking for a 30-year-old, $390. For a year? Uh, yes. Yep. Okay. And, and you that's can pay quarterly or monthly, too. 40-year-old, 40 year uh, $618. And again, that's, you know, pr- uh, preferred or, you know, fairly normal, healthy uh, male non-tobacco. And what amount of insurance is that? Half a million. Okay. $618 a year. And for a 50-year-old, $1,555 a year. So if you take out life insurance younger, it's less expensive. Sure. Absolutely. And you can do 30-year terms. So if you're in your 20s and you just have um, you know, fairly young kids, you should take out a 30-year term just to protect them, You know, at least a half a million dollar death benefit. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why you should buy life insurance other than just having children. But um, the top six really are to pay final expenses, the you know, cost of funeral and burial, uh, to cover any children's expenses, you know, for educational purposes and especially college or maybe they don't want to go to college and they want to start out uh, with a business to help pay for uh, tools or um, lease of a new building mm-hmm. to replace your income. So that way your uh, spouse that you leave behind can, you know, live okay and, again, pay off the house uh, and to pay off any other debts, cars, whatever. Um, so there's very important reasons that you should have life insurance and, uh, again, there's really no excuse. And you can get insurance at almost any age. Um, I want to give a couple of other figures because maybe you don't want to spend even that much money. Maybe you want to do a 20-year term for a $100,000 policy. For a 20-year-old person, you're talking a little less than $9 a month. A 30-year-old, you're talking about $9.30 a month for $100,000 of life insurance. If you're 40, $11.30 a month. A 50-year-old person can get a $100,000 policy for about $23 a month, and even a 60-year-old at about $55 a month. So a lot of people should have insurance that don't, and if you have interest, give a call to Peter Lance at 508-998-8858. And those are term quotes that we were quoting the yes, prices they are. on. The term, yep. is, term is exactly what it says. It's, it's a term for 20 years or 30 years or in some cases 10 years. Um, and you pay monthly or annually for the policy, and when the term is up, hopefully you're still alive. But if not, then you've protected your loved ones. So one of the most important reasons to even have some term insurance in place, because obviously any cost is expensive when you're young and starting out, but the minute you have a child, what happens if something happens to one of the parents um, and suddenly you only have one source of income coming in? That amount of insurance coming in is going to help support the child or pay for education. So give Peter a call. Well, just a week ago, my wife and I were at Fenway and leaving the parking garage, and she started to step out into the street not paying attention, and I put my hand out across her, and I stopped her, and she said, I know what I'm doing. I'm fine. I can walk across the street by myself. I said, you weren't paying attention. You are going to get hit by a car. I said, you should be happy that I love you, and I'm not looking to collect on the $1 million on your life. (laughs) (laughs) Did she appreciate that? (laughs) No, she gave me a scowl. (laughs) Well... But, you know, people people don't like to pay for insurance. They don't like to pay for their car insurance or their house insurance. What more important than to have insurance to pay for those you love? Well, do you know who Sigmund Freud was, Peter? Yes, of course I do. Well, Sigmund Freud said, I cannot think of 
any need in childhood as strong as the need for a father's protection. And I've made many a Floridian slip. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you have. (laughs) Do you know that Clark University was the only place in the country that Sigmund Freud ever spoke? Yes, and why is that important, Tony? Because you and I, Ray, graduated from Clark University. You're right. It was one of the famous things about our school. Is that why you both try to play psychological games with me? No. <laughs> but I think, is, isn't there a statue or a bust of Sigmund Freud in campus? I think there is. I think there is, and, and Clark is very famous for its psychology department now. But They're anyway. World famous for psychology. So, um, But yes, it is the only place where he ever spoke. After that, he said, they drove me crazy, and I couldn't go anywhere else. (laughs) Went back to Europe. (laughs) Well, let's continue our discussion about protecting children. You know, there's lots of things that we can talk about, but the things that are more common sense and that everybody knows, like making sure you lock up chemicals and making sure you check out babysitters. When you have a babysitter in your house, do you leave a list of emergency contact numbers for the babysitter to call when you go out? case is a problem? Does the babysitter know what to do in case of emergency? Have you ever had fire calls where there were children involved, Pete? Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, So you need to always teach your children about exits and fire escapes and how to get out of a house and things like that nature, of that nature, right? Absolutely. And at the uh, top half of the show, I said I was going to mention some things to just talk about with your children. And, you know, they might seem obvious, but maybe you're not having them or maybe you're not having them as frequently as you need to. Um, I probably do this too often, but I at least once a month and usually more like every two or three weeks will just pause a story on the news and rewind it and and show my boys um, something about somebody passing away from heroin um, and that started because of pills. Or, you know, three teens are killed in a car crash and they weren't wearing their seatbelts and that's why they all died. And, again, I probably annoy the heck out of them and um, I just don't think that I can have enough discussions with them or show them enough proof on television stories about why they need to wear their seatbelts at all time. I've told them both, sure. and they're not even driving yet. Yep. You know, my I have a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old, and I say if I ever catch you in a car without wearing your seatbelt, you'll be grounded for a month. Um, your PlayStations will go away, and that's even worse. It's true. Um, <laughs> so I have these discussions with them all the time. I tell them, you know, listen, you're getting to the age, especially my oldest. Uh, he's 15. He's well beyond the age now where kids are starting to experiment with drugs. And um, I... Truthfully, I'm not really worried about marijuana. I don't care for it. I've never um, cared for it. Um, but, you know, I don't think that it's a big deal. However, anything beyond that really frightens me. Um, you know, huffing and all of these other things that kids are doing and vaping with uh, chemicals that we don't know what's going on. And, again, the biggest thing, it's 100% proven that um, most people start off their heroin addiction with painkillers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just steamrolls out of control. So I do have talks with them all the time. I tell them, I beat it into them. Don't ever take pills, don't ever take pills, don't ever take pills. 
Well, you have to do that today. Unfortunately, it's a sign of the times that we live in. And my oldest is 15 and rides his bike all over the place, and he's the only one that, only one that wears a helmet. Yep. Um, and he gets so mad at me and embarrassed and says, I'm the only one, and I say, I don't care. You know, at least once a year in the small town of Dartmouth, somebody gets hit by a driver who is texting or is who on dru- who's on drugs or who's drinking or just distracted in another way and hits that pedestrian or that cyclist and kills them. So I don't want it to be my child. I can't right. believe that he's the only one who wears a helmet. No, None other of those parents have required that. It's incredible. Well, I ride my bicycle a lot, and I've ridden through town, and I've seen half a dozen occasions three or four kids riding their bicycles, and their helmets are hanging off their handlebars. So they probably put their helmet on when they left their house to show their parent, and then they take their helmet off, and it's just really dumb. For those of you who live in Dartmouth and know Slocum Road, I was driving down there a couple of weeks ago, and there were three kids in the middle of the road doing wheelies on bicycles with no helmets. Mm. Yep, well, it happens. And what did you do? I beat my horn and yelled at them as I went by. (laughs) As soon as I was getting close, they went to the side of the road, but, you know, they weren't necessarily paying close attention. To, and they didn't know what was coming up behind them other than what they heard. No. Well, there's something else I want to mention briefly. It's been in the news lately. It's, it's a really unfortunate thing. Um, uh, Olympic, skier, cha- Olympic skiing champion Bodie Miller and his wife uh, lost a child. I think the baby was um, yeah, 19 months old. She fell into a neighbor's swimming pool and drowned. And it's just incredibly sad you just can't imagine you know they've been on tv quite a bit lately over the summer uh, getting the word out how critically important it is to watch your child near water well um you you just can't take your eyes off of kids for an instant and if you have a pool in your house for example uh, kids can come out of the house as soon as they can walk, and they can go in the pool. You and I were talking a few weeks ago, Dad, that um, I kept um, since, God, 15 years, uh, child safety locks on all of our cabinets that have anything that's dangerous, whether it's knives or chemicals under the sink or whatever. But yet my wife and I are so fanatical about keeping an eye on our kids. They're never out of our sights for a minute to even do anything, but still... But you know, I, as a babysitter at your house last week, was having a fit trying to figure out how to get into your cupboards. But I was glad you had the locks. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I say it doesn't matter if your kids are swimmers or not swimmers or if they're younger. If they're, if, I mean, if they're a little older, if they're 10 and they're 12, you just need to keep an eye on them at all times because it happens so quickly. We have articles. We're not going to talk about this on the radio today because we won't have time. But get an article on safety hazards to watch around the house. And it's everything from um, chemicals and poisoning to choking to carbon monoxide. Uh, We had a carbon monoxide incident just recently on the news, and we haven't even started into full heating season yet. Well, I talked earlier about um, smoke detectors. It's the single most important thing you can have in your house to keep you and your kids safe. So make sure that you get them. Uh, Make sure that you get ones that are updated with the latest technology. Um, there's photoelectric, um, there's ionization ones. Ask somebody at Lowe's or Home Depot or call your local fire department and ask them what smoke detectors and combination carbon monoxide detectors should I have in my home. Uh, And the local fire department will be more than happy to tell you. Um, There's a new smoke detector I was talking about earlier with regards to technology 
It's uh, the Nest smoke detector. I have Nest video cameras in my house, mm-hmm. um, and the Nest smoke detector, something I should get. Um, my boys are home sometimes by themselves, especially my oldest. He's 15. He's old enough to be. Um, and if there were a fire in the house and he had his headphones on and so engrossed in his video game, he might not know about it right away, might not hear it. But the new Nest smoke alarm will actually send an alert to your phone. So it's it's uh, smartphone enabled. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And um, the only other technology that I'd like to mention is that I have an app. It's totally free. It's called Life 360. If you have a smartphone, uh, you should absolutely get it. If you have younger children and you want to keep track of them as long as they have a phone themselves, both of my boys complained about it, um, not because they were doing anything, you know, they, they weren't doing bad things or going places they shouldn't be, but they were thinking, God, you're going to be checking up on me. And I said, it's either that or I take your phones away from you. And what this app is, it shows, and I'm, I mean literally down to like 10 square feet where your child is, um, and it will say, okay, Nathan has left the house as soon as he's out of the radius of the house. Um, I'll get an alert on my phone. And if he's driving, um, whether it's in a school bus or in a friend's car or whatever, uh, it will say where he's going. It will say the, how f- uh, fast he's going, the top speed, the average speed. So it's really a handy app to have. Well, it sounds very interesting. I hope as he gets a little older, he doesn't feel resentful about that. But in any event, um, did you ever watch Mr. Rogers when you were younger, Pete? I loved it. Yeah, he was a, he was a great mentor and teacher on the show. Um, he said, anyone who does anything to help a child is a hero to me. Yeah, he was a great guy. Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers. He gave a lot of really important lessons in a way that didn't seem like he was shoving it down your throat. Right. Well, one of the other things we have to be thinking about today and cautious about today, and this we could probably have a whole show about, but we're not going to go into great detail for a lot of obvious reasons, is you have to tell your kids, you have to teach your kids to be careful of adults, to report unusual activity, to be on the alert for potential abuse or anything that's uh, not normal behavior. You can tell them what's normal and what's not normal. Uh, an example of that is my five-year-old daughter will say once a month or so as she's getting undressed, it's okay for you and mommy to see me undressed, but it's not okay for anybody else, right, other than the doctor? And that's only when you're there, right? <laughs> good. Well, that's good, and it's good Taught that she well. has that little message ingrained in her. But, you know, we've had lots and lots of stories and unfortunately continuing stories about church abuse. Um by ministers and priests, people who are in a position of trust. We're not going to go into that uh, today. Um, But it can be a family member. Uh, When I was young and growing up, we had an uncle who liked to grab the kids um, inappropriately, and everybody thought it was funny and laughed at it, but it wasn't really funny. And you stayed away from him, I remember. Yeah. Um, So it can happen in a family. It can happen... Um, with somebody you trust. Well, here's a story that that just happened recently. There was a priest who was living in his family's home and was abusing his 8-year-old niece. So family and priest combined is like... Well, it's it's not confined to people in religious organizations, obviously. No, it's throughout society. Well, how just, often do you hear that there's a teacher who was accused of you know, molesting or had child pornography or whatever? Yep, that's been a lot lately. So teach your kids what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. 
and teach them that nobody should be touching them, and if somebody is touching them, they have to tell their parent. And then you have to investigate it and look into it. So we have to be careful about that. We've talked about a lot of interesting things today, including ID theft and the absolute importance of having insurance to take care of your kids or your grandkids if something happens to the caregiver who's taking care of these kids. I'd say the most important things to take from the show are get your legal documents in place, get life insurance, smoke detectors, and have talks with your children. Mm -hmm. Four very important things to do. Um, it's, It's incredible how things have changed, really. When I think back to my childhood, how innocent a time it was, oh, and it just isn't anymore. No, we could go anywhere. We could ride your bicycle anywhere. You could talk to a stranger. I mean, I don't feel comfortable in a store today talking to a young child because I'm concerned that the parent is going to come around the corner and think that I'm doing something inappropriate. So we've become feeling guilty now if we talk to a young child. Yeah, I'll give a child a hug. Gosh, we're worried we'll be accused. It's very tough times. Herbert Hoover once said, children are our most valuable resource. And um, every president virtually has chimed in on the importance of children. You know, one of the things that I've always been pleased about, Pete, is that uh, you and I are members of the Masonic Fraternity, and every charity that they support does something to help children and support children. Yeah, especially the uh, Shriners Hospital for Children. Shriners, I think it's, I forgot what the number is now. I think it's around 24, 26 hospitals they operate. They're all free. And each, well, not each one, but certain ones have different specialties, you know, for limb replacement or uh, cleft palate or whatever. Well, they used to specialize in um, burns because there were more fires and more burns injuries. There used to be the Shriners Institute for Burns and um, lately, they've become more involved in orthopedics as well, kids with uh, deformities and so forth. But they, they do wonderful things. And even the other branches of Freemasonry do the same thing. We're going to do a show on that. Um, so, Peter, stress again what – let's say you're a grandparent. What should you be saying to your children about their children? Uh, do you have life insurance in place for my grandchildren? Do you have smoke detectors installed for my grandchildren? Are you constantly um, updating to make sure that the batteries are okay? And do you have uh, wills and other legal documents to protect, uh, you know, my daughter-in-law and my grandchildren? Yep. Lots of good things and so many things. And even even censor what they're watching on television or what they're watching in the movies that's um, easy to do nowadays with it. every every single, whether it's Netflix, uh, YouTube, um, Comcast, cable, whatever. There's parental controls that you can limit what they're watching, and it's it's pretty good. easy. I'm going to give a quick tax tip because I like to do that every week. Uh, very recently, the IRS has just issued the new draft of some of the tax forms for 2018. As you know, most of the tax changes that were put into effect a year ago are taking effect only in this particular tax year and for the next five years. Um, I've mentioned on the radio before that there's a limitation on how much you can deduct for state and local uh, taxes, and it's capped at $10,000. If you itemize your deductions, you can only deduct $10,000 in state and local taxes. I, I do want to mention, however, that that does not apply if you have business property. So if you have 
a three-family, which is an investment for you, a rental property, or if you're in business, um, there is no such limitation on deduction of the taxes. So that's important for people to know as well. Um, Tenny, I'd like to thank you for everything that you do in helping folks. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's a great satisfaction every time you help somebody do new legal documents to know that they're going to be protected and their family is going to be protected if something happens to one of them. Yes, absolutely. It's a wonderful feeling. But I have to say that the vast majority of times we're helping out the older generation and not the younger. We would love to see more younger people come in and get their estate plans in place to protect their children. And, and almost everyone that I see leaving the office is really thrilled and so grateful that you've helped them out and happy that they've done it. So here's the best thing that you can give to a child. This is from Orlando Batista. The best inheritance a parent can give his children is a few minutes of his time each day. Yep. I think that's a little uh, powerful statement. Our mission is real simple. We want to show you how to protect your family. We want to show you how to protect your money. And whatever we can do to help you protect your children uh, is critically important. And um, Lady Bird Johnson, my last quotation of the day, said, Children are apt to live up to what you believe of them. And just so you know, folks, um, he actually carries quotes around with him all the time and will just randomly blurt out a quote to me. My back pocket. No, I'm I kidding. <laughs> Do you know the definition of the word schmuck? <laughs> well, thank you for being with us this morning, Peter. Thank you for being with us this morning, Tenny, Attorney Tenny Lance. Um, give Tenny a call at 508-998-8800. She'll be happy to help you. Give Peter a call at 508-998-8858, and he'll be happy to give you some insurance quotes. And most importantly, keep on listening. We appreciate everything that you do by tuning in to us every Sunday. Have a great week.